Okay, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of uh, Picking and Putting. Our guest today, well, our co-host is Liberty Bill Edwards, who will just appear on the screen on uh, YouTube in a second. And our guest professionals from the Quail Hollow Club in Charlotte, North Carolina, are Joe Cochran and Luis Hernandez, also from the Canary Islands and speaks a lot of languages. But we're not <laughs> going to get into that. I want to do a quick a quick shout out something I learned it says for all our listeners out there tell two friends to listen to our show send them the thing uh, you know some way to expand our listeners I wanted to do a, a quick shout out I've got two or actually I've got three one is to Sahith Thagalia I hope I pronounced that right um, God that guy was wonderful it was a, it was just like watching your own kids or you guys walking out there. He was just having a good time and it was fun to watch. And he held up under pressure and he kind of got 17th hole. He got a bad look. In fact, we'll talk about that. I, I'd like to see us do the 14th hole and the 17th hole similar. You probably won't have quite the same, but you could do something on 14. Uh, and maybe maybe eight would lend itself better with, with the amount of land. Um, yeah, I want to put a call. Yeah, a shout out to the crowd at 16 at uh, TPC Scottsdale. That was just if, if you were if you're there are guys criticizing it and I'm going, you know what, guys, get over it. You don't criticize the NFL or anybody else. Why criticize <laughs> golf? And then the other one was I want to cut, you know, Colt Nost and Amanda uh, Balionis because I thought that was a CBS might have stumbled on some something that interjects a little more fun and comedy than just you know okay he's over this pot and, <laughs> you know whatever so yeah or 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 uh, you know bryson with his yardage books so yeah let's see well so okay right off the bat let's get into it so i wanted to talk to the fellows about 22 2022 and equipment and and what you see coming around and what what you're excited about, what you think is good, bad, indifferent, whatever. Shoot, go for it, guys. What do you think, Joe? Well, there's a lot of new clubs coming out. It's, you know, as far as here, we get rid of all of last year's clubs and all the new clubs come in and it's all like done in a few weeks. So we're really excited to get started testing some of this stuff. We've got all of the uh, Callaway's got all of new stuff. TaylorMade's got new stuff. Ping is still carrying over. They, they may have a few new things, but uh, they come out in the fall. Uh, and Tyler still has theirs as well. So, um, so yeah, the, the, the two newbies are Callaway and TaylorMade. And the driver is always a big hit, especially we sell most Callaways and TaylorMade. You've got the Stealth. You've got the 60 sheets of carbon. And the yeah, driver. Yeah, the composite. Yeah, the composite face. That's what I wanted to. It's I guess it's lighter. It's yeah, it's lighter. It's not titanium anymore. Um, just a really cool, feels good, sounds good, really cool concept. Uh, great for marketing. People, everybody wants to hit this thing. Um, <laughs> so so we just got it and we've we've been testing it some. So some good stuff. Well, what it what it, I know. Uh, last fall, when you first got introduced to the uh, the South Korean shafts, the Autoflex, oh and, yeah, and you showed me those, and yeah, and I and I I saw another one today that somebody was pushing called the uh, 
Uh, oh, the Fujikara Shamrock. <laughs> I guess it's green. I don't know what the hell that oh, is. Oh yeah. But what what is it about this shaft out of Korea that makes it unique? What is what is what for the average guy sitting out there is a fifteen handicap. What what makes it cool? So I'd say it's it's mainly for those under eighty five, maybe even kind of around eighty miles an hour or less. I think yep. it's really we found some above it, but mainly for those because the idea is it has so much bend. It creates lag in the downswing, and then it straightens at the ball. So some of these, and, and, and they're different flexes for different club speeds, but uh, tons of bend. We put it on video and show them how much it's bending. I mean, you can feel it, and then it straightens at the ball. And a lot of times, if somebody's hitting slices, this thing straightens it out, high towering draws, like yeah, immediately. Really? Yeah, it, it's, it is just incredible. And uh, we make it a little bit longer. We make sure we don't cut it down any. So it's it's that like 47 inches, which is another reason for a distance. So it's an we, extra it's an extra inch over the standard 46. That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, the average is 45 and three quarters. So it, it's, it's about an inch or a little bit more. And when I was when I was your age, it was 43 and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, but but if you go back and look at some of these guys, if you look at uh, Rory and stuff, he's always gripping down an inch and a half on his shaft. The average you know, on tour is about forty for control. And a half. Yeah, for control. Uh, you know, so that's well. I wonder. So, can they make? You know, this isn't for me personally because you demonstrated it to me. But can they make it stiff? And if they do, where's it going to appear on the senior tour? Well, Trevino had one. Uh, I've seen somebody else too. Uh, I can't remember who it is, but yeah, no, you're, you're starting to see. I'm sure you'll, the... well, I'm sure you'll see it on the LPGA before you see it maybe on the regular tour, but um, I got to believe they'll find somebody that they'll pay some bucks to use it on the regular tour. So, um, so it's hard for me to sell drivers nowadays, unless you have a track man going and you, and you, the a little bit of change from driver shafts or whatever uh, you might see four or five yards which is a big deal yeah with this shaft I've, we've sold several just going to the range and just seeing them hit theirs and then put it in their hands they hit this and it's it I and mean, they can see how much farther it's carrying it's crazy now it is eight hundred dollars yeah <laughs> well i mean so, well, any standard club anymore, any standard driver is about five. And then, you know, depending on the time of year you buy them, I'd say four to five, right? I mean, if I walk in and pick a Titleist off the shelf, it's four ninety nine. Most most places. I don't mean you guys in particular. I mean, wherever you go across the country. Now, that's a thing we'll talk about later. Eli Calloway's brilliance 40 years ago was that he convinced us it was, it was okay to spend $300 on one club. And uh, when I was your age, $300 would buy you a whole set, tour right. set. I mean, tour set, you know, with a one iron if you wanted it. So, well, what, anything, uh, anything about the other, like, uh, well, I know that, but what about the irons? Is there some changes in the irons and the, or, or you show me what you want to show me. Go ahead. You know, so, I mean, you, you've also got the Callaway. Callaway's probably last year, past few years since the two, 2017 epic right epic. callaway's been our best seller 
and they and every year they go epic rogue epic rogue and now we're back into the rogue it's the rogue st uh, speed tune is what it's called they've got a little cartridge here in the back some weight back here because they they figured out the the ball speeds i mean ever since they had this jailbreak technology where you have the two they started with the two bars behind the face to the bottom to make the energy go to the ball right um, now that it's 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 not just bars it's a frame so now the frame and where the ball is hitting on the face makes the ball speed come out faster i mean I, it, they are really onto something um, so the ball speeds are really hot best-selling driver that we've had the past few years and then this this uh speed tune is is for forgiveness it's moving that center of gravity a little bit more back uh, so Get, getting, it's a good combination right getting people a higher launch angle i guess it can so center gravity back can make it launch a little higher. Um, yeah, it'll it'll spin a little bit more, which some people need. Right. What about more what about? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you got any more on drivers? You want me to move on to irons? <laughs> yeah. What about single length irons? Oh yeah. What do you oh, think about no. what do you think what do you think about that? Kind of a cool concept. Uh, we haven't sold a lot of them because it's just so it, it's different. But when you got Bryson doing it, well, what I would what I would think it's kind of like the old uh, when you asked uh, way back when they asked Arnold Lee and Jack what they would do differently. They said they'd teach their kids to putt left hand low because of your shoulders are level and all that stuff. So I wonder if it's not going to take a generation of you guys coaching young guys who say I want to I want to be Bryson and wear you know, wear a Hogan cap or whatever. <laughs> and they start out from the get-go with uh, uh, single-length irons from the way they go. And they, you know, right. they, they have his swing. That to me would be, it's harder for me to have the concept that you're going to take you and change Luis into swinging, you know, single-length clubs, but I don't know. Well, so what, what I do like is for some people having the longer irons, having them a little more control and making them more like a seven iron length, like a four five, six, right. Seven, the same length, maybe. And then from there you start to step down for control because it, it I mean, hitting it, I don't know if you ever tried it, but hitting a, a pitching wedge at seven iron length. Yeah. It, it's pretty difficult. Well, that, that was his problem when DeChambeau first came out, he was hitting his wedges, you know, 190 yards. He, he had, he had no concept of it. In fact, I saw the other thing the, the other day, I, I wrote it down because somebody posted on Twitter, a, a famous teacher. I don't remember if it was out of Florida or whatever, but you know, was saying the standard distances of somebody it might've been DeChambeau and his wedge was 195. Well, his wedge degree was 40. Right. My, my wedge is 48, my standard pitching wedge, I think. Um, so 40 means it's in my bag, it's an eight iron. So, you yeah. know, I, I'm always, I'm, I'm always leery of some of those numbers they throw out on TV to these people. Cause they go, Oh my God, you know, he's of course, yeah. it, you know, in Phoenix, they were hitting down a tarmac. So of course the ball's going another hundred yards. So that, you know, that's crazy enough in itself. I'll tell you a, a cool concept about the, the number of a club. You know how every seven iron is not the same. They're all different, including the loft, the cavity, center of gravity, and so on. 
So Webb Simpson came out with a really cool way of how he wanted to get fit for new irons, for new okay. clubs. He reversed the process. He said, I want a club that carries 182. I don't care what, what number you want to put in that club, but make it to carry one, 182 yards. So if you see his back, I, I think he does not have no. uh, a six iron. He has a 5.5, five. <laughs> okay. which, which is the, the it's club logical. that carries 182. And then from there, he will base his gapping, uh, usually 10 to 15 yards. So that's, that's a cool way of reversing the, 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 the gapping process. They yeah, usually that's... start from wedges, and then they go up to, to uh, fairway woods. Yeah, that I I like that. Of course, you know my my seven iron goes one twelve, one forty, one thirty nine. <laughs> <laughs> dead right, dead life, Daddy. No, but, more lessons. Yeah, well, you know, uh, yeah, more <laughs> more lessons. Yeah, Bill needs to get out and use his lessons. But uh, so technologically, the irons. You've told me before that a lot of it has to do with shafts, right? I mean, iron for, for whoever it is, whatever the average golfer, for sure. In terms of flexibility, I think, I think that's a mistake that somebody like me, as I get older or younger guys try to stick with stiff shafts when they're over 50 and they probably should move back. Even, I mean, I'm talking about a single digit handicap guy. That's, you know, I'm still, (laughs) you know, and he ought to back down a little bit and his game would probably be better. I I don't know what you guys think, but what about, what about balls? Anything new on the ball front dimple changes or anything that way that you guys know about between, I mean, you know, they out, they advertise Callaway so much and and we all know about Titleist all the time because that's what we all seem to buy. What do you guys think? Uh, if I were you, I'd keep buying the Titleist because they put so much money and time and effort and, and uh, quality, quality checking that your golf balls are going to come out consistent. Yeah. It, it's just incredible what they do. Um, and they, they've just, they still have the market. And that's what we're going to sell because we think it's the best. I mean, you, if you play a ball for a while, you, you kind of go between each each uh, brand, I think you'll, you can notice that as well. Fun fact about Tylus, guess what percentage of their profit is correlated to selling balls? You wanna guess what number? I wanna say it's very low. Selling balls in Tylus? Yeah, is it? I don't know. Their profit on balls, you mean? 60%. 60% 60% of all their and sales. they sell apparel, they say clubs, they sell um so 60% uh, of balls. Okay. And 60% they, uh, comes from balls. Yeah. Okay. I guess so- I I guess I was thinking about the margins that you guys would make selling balls in a pro shop. It's 60%. No, no, it's like it's like virtually nothing. It just gets you and I in the shop, isn't that right? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. More or less. The one thing that a lot of people uh, don't know, the Pro V1X, and then you can compare it to all the other brands, but the Pro V1X is high launch, high spin. It's their highest spinning ball they've made. I mean, spin, we're coming out of, with the irons that they're making now, the lower lofts, the higher launch, and coming out like knuckleballs, 
Right. Most people need the probing one X and that's why our range balls are the X. Uh, of course you got Johnson and, and Webb that come in here and say, where's our probing one? I want it back. No, but, I, yeah. uh, but, but the X is what the majority of people need to play. And the probing one is uh, lower launching and it's mid launch, mid spin, um, softer around the greens, but still less, less spinning. So and you're not you you're not recommending I go out and buy pink balls from Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> he only stuck with those for one year, and I'm not going to say only if, only if you buy yeah, the pink shaft to match. Now see, <laughs> that's why I say, of course, he plays ping. Um, but that's that's the person I was thinking about would have that shaft. Yeah, somebody there'll be somebody that'll take pink and you know make it about a healthcare benefit or something. Well, the other one, the other one I see Nick Faldo is always advertising. Now, you guys all, all give me your opinion about this. So he's advertising these square shoes. Now, I don't have any, but he claims, you know, and there's probably a lot of, and I guess the idea is that they feel they're real well uh, fit, but that your, your base is stable. I'm gathering. I, I, you know, they, they got guys on there. Oh yeah. I picked up six yards with square shoes. I'm going, really? <laughs> I want to, I want to know how that works. Cause Sam Snead played his bare feet and played great. So, yeah. I, you know, have you heard anything about those or no? So, uh, shoes have been a kind of a big up and coming thing because all the tech, all the teaching is ground force stuff. So, you know, how do you use the ground? And so the way people are, are, are using the ground, they go in their backswing, like it should be, I mean, I, I kind of agree. Okay. You could get some out of it according to custom shoes. I don't know about the square shoes, but each person should have a certain way uh, that their shoes should be made in order to maximize how they're using the ground. Now, that being said, you can you can probably hurt some people because you start putting the shoe like two, you know, they're, they're like the right foot, putting putting it higher on the right side, and they yeah. start you you can start messing up hips and. Yeah, and, you know, and so you got to be careful yeah. messing with shoes, yeah. but it's, well, I think, I think they're on to something. Well, you've heard, I I've probably said that on a previous podcast. You never heard, but that was John Wooden's favorite story, famous story. When they appeared in camp at UCLA, they said, what did you teach him? First thing he said, I pulled up a, a chair, sat down. I taught them how to put on their socks and shoes. And he says, what the hell do you mean? He says, because they get blisters. And the deal is I show them how to put on their socks without wrinkles. And then I have them put their shoes on and I, I find out their size and I say, touch the front of your shoes. Can you feel your toes? And you'll all say, no, I, I got a half inch there. Like mom taught me. He says, that's wrong. Yeah. I want, I want your shoes to fit exactly right. And when they're worn out, we'll give you a new pair. You're at UCLA. We don't, we don't do that mom stuff here, which I yeah. thought was, a, so they had to fit a great story. Great, great. You know, and then that was the end of his first, first uh practice and he let him go well anyways uh, yeah i mean i thought i wondered uh uh i wanted to get about the shoes and i wondered about the clothing what i had heard about clothing and this is uh you know we don't have blimey here to tell us about it and that's another story but but uh and i say that in all love if he listens to this but where they're coming out with other pieces of clothing that are water resistant 
So like the clothing you two are wearing right there, rather than have a rain suit, you can have a pullover or whatever that's water resistant, but is light and breathable. Have you heard, is there anything like that that you know about foot joy or anybody or no? Well, nope. uh, in clothing, I'll tell you, a lot of people ask me, what do I wear when I'm playing golf in the very cold weather conditions? Right. I am not a fan of heavy puffy jackets vest that will restrict my turn or my speed, right? Right. I'm a huge fan of Under Armour stuff, meaning mm. high necks, long sleeve, whatever you use to skin under your golf shirt, under your regular pullover. And that's usually all you need is the, 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 the first layer really tight, really close to your skin. I think that's way more helpful than wearing these puffy jackets that you look like the Michelin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the tire guy. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think you're right on with that. I, I learned a couple of years ago when you go to the beach down here in the Carolinas, they make these shirts. It's out of, well, not this one, but they make these shirts out of that cloth. That yeah. You can, you can swim at it and get out of the water. Dry fries. Well, the ins, yeah, dry tech, the inside has a lining so that most of the shirts I have now that are 60, 60 to 75 blocks. So you don't have, if you wear the shirt and go out and lay in the ocean or go walking, you don't have to put on any sunscreen as long as it's got long sleeves on it. So um, yeah. the, the technology is really cool that way. So, I, and then you have some people that only wear shorts regardless of the weather conditions. <laughs> Do you all know who that is? No, I never heard. <laughs> I never. Yeah, the, the story about that is if you come in January and see some idiot on the practice tee in shorts, there's only one person it can be, and I don't know who that is. <laughs> but I have read about him. Uh, you know, so, yeah, I was given the nickname shorts by somebody. I forget. Uh, anyways, well, Bill, you got any questions for the guys? Well, it covered uh, single length iron. That, that's what I was most curious about. But I haven't heard you guys talk about putters. Putters, yeah. Yeah, what about putters? I, I you know, there's a great one. That's a great question because the, when I watch now, it used to be everybody would pick on the guys if they went left hand low, went claw, went this, went that. In fact, my own son would complain to me. He said, you just use six putting grips in one round. What the hell is that all about? <laughs> but and that happens all the time oh i know there was somebody it wasn't scheffler but somebody this weekend does oh it was it was sahith he uses three or four putting yep. grips during the course of around the kid's 24 years old but he does i'm fading in and out here um but anyways he um that putter that uh uh bryson's using is a longer putter and then they can anchor on their arm um yeah, what do you guys think about all the putters and the te is the technology all about the faces, the length? What's the hottest thing there? The length, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, so putting, fitting for putters, we have Quintic here and we have TrackMan both yeah. do putt, and it's really neat. It, there's, it's not like you come in and you pick up a putter, you swing it, oh that feels good, I'll buy it. You might, you know, it, it's there's according to everybody's stroke, their natural stroke, there are going to be some putters and you start talking to them about their game and what putts they're good at and which ones they struggle with. And according to their stroke and you kind of figure out their tendencies, 
you know which direction to move in. Um, but we, we typically would lean towards more of a mallet. This is yeah. less, you know, a bigger head where the mallet, where the center of gravity is more back. Right. Uh, that's going to help. It has less twisting. If you, it, you know, if you're hitting toe heel a little bit, a little less twisting on the face. So the ball is going to come out about the same speed, right? That's the idea. So you're, if you struggle with speed, your distance putts, then, you know, try a mallet. Uh, some other things for a mallet are uh, the, the, the alignment. So the, typically the bigger the head, the longer the lines, you start to have these lines that go back. You have two lines, one line, you know, you got all this stuff, but uh, typically that's going to help somebody to aim more to the left. So if they struggle with left or right putts, you just put a, a bigger putter or more lines on it. They start aiming more left. That, that could help to get it to start more left on, on like a left or right putt. Uh, vice versa, this is kind of interesting. So then you've got a smaller, uh, you know, conventional style Good. blade putter and the center gravity is more forward, right? It's closer to the face. And so the, the, uh, the, it twists more from toe to heel. Um, so the ball speed is not as good, but the, they call it the kick point. So the distance from the shaft to the, to the center of gravity, which is not very much on a blade putter because it's so far forward on the face, the, uh, the ball does not kick offline as much as a mallet putter. Hmm. You're, yeah, because from the from the heel, I mean, from the shaft to the center of gravity way back here, that's a longer line. It creates more of a kick angle. So the ball actually shoots out more right and left on a mallet than with a blade. God, that's, I mean, I, I remember I did this once with him, uh, Bill, where Joe showed me, I forget what the, the numbers were. The average speed of a pro was, what, three miles an hour. I mean, there was all this technology more than any, you know, most people go in and grab it. Oh, yeah, I like that putter. It looks cool. <laughs> and and there really is some really cool technology, like he just told you, and and, and you can see it. That's what makes uh, it When you just explained that, I even think of my own terrible golf <laughs> game, but the difference between the mallet and the blade Absolutely. When I use a blade putter, I have more control from accuracy standpoint, whereas the mallet, I feel like I can control my speed better. So that really rang true for me. Now I just got to figure out which one. Yeah. Yeah. You, and then you've got other things like the weight of the putter, right? Um, if you tend to have struggle with short putts, we'll go with a heavier putter. Need help with your longer putts, your speed putts. We'll go to something, something lighter. Um, You've got the length of the club is very important. The way, if you get something that's that's too long and they start bending their arms too much and their wrist to try to maintain it, they, it needs to be the right length. So their arms and the way they bend over matches what they're trying, their natural stroke is. So, um, and the lie angle, just like in irons, the way it sits like this is very important uh, when you're fitting clubs. And we have the, we've got a putting machine, a putter machine where we can, you know, adjust the club, the lying or the loft. If somebody tends to hit up on it a lot and it's launching high, we change the loft or the lying angle. Mm. And then we put it back and say, okay, let's see how it's launching now. Let's see if it's let's see if it's hitting that window that we need. What, 
Is four degrees a standard loft? Yeah, three and a half. Yeah. Three and a half. But but everybody's different in the way that their natural stroke is. Um, so typically you're wanting to hit up on on the ball with a putter. It's so if somebody's take, hitting down, you can add more loft and it comes out what you need. Well, for you folks out there listening to us, you watch on YouTube, you can see all the description of what Joe was showing us. But I would tell you point blank, if you poo-poo fitting in this day and age and all that stuff, if for no other reason, do it with your putter. You'll have fun doing it. Five years in your town, there'll be some pro, some uh, virtually every golf course will have that ability, and you should go do it because I think it's the most fun you can have with your clothes on. So is that I got I got one last question here. One last question. What's the most important club to have customized? If you were going to say, okay, driver, putter, your set of irons, what's the most important to have fit for you? For just the amateur golfer out there, that's a great that's a great question. I mean, I, I guess I would say, uh, I mean, it, 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 yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on the golfer, but I would say the driver. I mean, yeah. if if you're if you have a driver that's not the right, mainly a loft. I mean, the people have if they're off by two or three degrees of loft. I mean, they are they're killing themselves with distance. So. That, that that's a biggie okay that's helpful what do you think louise well i want to say i i agree with joe in the driver however in your irons having the proper equipment hopefully will get you to hit it closer and anytime you hit it closer your strokes go down you don't even have to be a good putter or you don't have to <laughs> be, a, be a good chipper so irons will be second close well, I know we've gone off in detail, but what about when you're talking about irons, then, like we said, you take the guy between 15 and 20 handicap. What, what about the difference between uh, the Matt Kuchar shaft that's a composite versus all steel versus graphite, depending, you know, in terms of lightness, heaviness. Now, I grant you, if, you, if you're you guys and you have a swing speed of 120 miles an hour, or whatever, 110, it's, it's different, but. What do you think about what do you think about the the shafts? I mean, I mean it's it's hard to know because a lot of there's no driver without a graphite so, shaft. So typically, typically you go into graphite if with slower swing speeds to try to get it to kick up, swing a little faster. Um, also, somebody that has joint issues, elbows, wrists, you go into that can help the the vibration. So um, you can go graphite for that versus steel, but they, they make steel now so light. It used to be all at least 120 grams, and now you got them down to 80 grams in a steel shaft. And another reason you go into graphite is if, if, if somebody, um, or lighter, if somebody has a kind of a slower transition or a smooth transition, I, sh I should say, rather than somebody who's pulling that thing down and really fast, you know that you would need something heavier or stiffer still if, if they've got that really fast transition so you, you can kind of change it. it somebody that's swinging faster may not necessarily need uh, you know steel or heavy just because of their the way they deliver it okay 
Hey, Bill, you got any more questions? Or you got you got a shout out? I skipped you on the shout out because you weren't here early. Oh yeah, Chloe Kim, snowboarding gold medal, twenty one years old. She was very. She had won the gold in twenty eighteen when she was seventeen, and she dealt with a lot of mental health struggles, targeted racism as a female Asian American out here. She was very open about it, helped inspire people, went back, kicked ass again. I anticipate she'll win a couple more of those gold medals before she's done. The Olympics don't have a lot of good stories. They'll probably be primarily remembered for a 15 year old Russian, yet another cheater coming out of Russia. So to have a good story in Chloe Kim, an American and bring home the gold in snowboarding, a sport I actually understand compared to a lot of the other Olympic sports like curling, which I'm trying to understand. Shout out to Chloe Kim. Yeah. I don't know any, I don't, I can't comment on any Russian golfers, so I don't know that. <laughs> okay. So I, I got a couple things here for you guys as we close it out here. This is kind of fun. So Eli Calloway, I figured we'd use him as my quote to sign off. And, and, you know, he came along first. He was, he worked in textiles. He was the president of Burlington industries. I did not know this in South Carolina. Then he moved to California and became a vintner and a wine guy. Ah. And then he came by and met these guys who were struggling with this golf club stuff. And they had, they were trying to make old clubs that looked cool and all this and that's when he started Callaway I think it was 82 he bought these guys but a couple interesting facts he's the distant nephew of Bobby Jones that's one thing did you know that I did not know that number two did you know where the name Big Bertha came from bet you didn't it's named after a post a World War One German cannon that could shoot the ball far the cannonball farther than anything it could shoot at 76 miles wow wow this was in 1918 so he decided well we'll call it big bertha because these clubs are going to go far and uh my quote was they said he was the the ultimate salesman and his his thing was he would walk up to anybody any famous person he said hello i'm eli calloway do you play golf (laughs) (laughs) and if they said yes he I got, I got a club I can sell you. So anyways, I just, I thought it was fun to know he was a distant uh, relative of Bobby Jones and the, and the big Bertha. So now you can tell guys, where did the name big Bertha come from? Yeah, there you go. A German cannon. <laughs> That's especially relevant in today's world, I guess. I don't know. Anybody got anything else you want to say? Any, you guys want to say anybody, say any hellos to anybody or anything? Been this all night. Talk about clubs <laughs> and golf, man. Yeah, well, we really enjoyed it. To all you folks out there, these uh, uh, Joe Cochran and Luis Hernandez, if you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, uh, stop by, uh, home of the this year's uh, 2022 President's Cup. So there'll be a lot going on at the Quail Hollow Club in North Carolina. Uh, if you haven't uh, passed on any of your friends, if you've got two friends, pass on to watch the show or listen to the show. We're on YouTube and all the other platforms. We appreciate your tuning in. Thanks for stopping by today and, uh, and uh, go home and have a drink. You guys, thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Thanks Joe, Luis. See you, Bill. You need, you do see my name there. Don't you? Bomber. Bomber (laughs) Zollinger. See you guys. Take care. (laughs) Take care.